Welcome to the long lost New Age Boxing Podcast. Well, let's get straight back into it. because of his uh, busy busyness these days, <laughs> Martin Theobald. I'm a busy, busy man. How are we doing? Uh, yeah, we're good. Uh, right, so just give a quick people, thank you for tuning in to us again. Um, we've been away and we've been Not away. Not we, no, I've been in my house, you've been <laughs> away. <laughs> oh yeah, okay, I've been away with work. Um, but I've got a new job, so that should allow me to uh, commit to uh, a bit more of a regular New age book. Yeah, but you've also met a woman that you like, so it's probably going to mean less time available to do this. So, anyway, move about, swiftly it? on. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> swiftly on. Uh, okay, so apologies that we haven't we've been away, um, but hopefully we're going to make up. Uh, we're going to make it up to you with a blistering start. So we've got an audio treat. Yeah, we've got, I think we're going to we're going to try and keep it under an hour because we've got so much to get through here. Um, we'll probably do about twenty minutes now, and then that'll be <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, what else we got? Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, so we'll crack on. Right, so this weekend is that what we're going to start with? Yeah, let's have a look back at. Uh, there was very little in the UK this weekend, so we're going to have to go abroad. Okay, and we're going to start with Ovil McKenzie. Ovil McKenzie. Okay, Ovil. The upsetter. Right, tell right. me about him. Ovil McKenzie. He's a man who uh, he's in the cruiserweight division. He's fought before against uh, Tony Bellew and lost twice. Um, there's a famous audio clip you'll find with Tony Bellew somewhere where he says about, oh, the best person I'd ever beat was Oldville McKenzie when he's talking about when he fought cleverly. So it really talks down about him. Now, the brilliant thing is, a cruiserweight, Oldville McKenzie gets his first world title shot before Tony Bellew gets it at cruiserweight, which is fucking brilliant. Because I don't like Tony I was going to say, because you don't like Tony. That's yeah. the only yeah. reason. Yeah, so at 10 <laughs> Actually, it's not good for Tony. <laughs> it's not good for his career, no, because he's just still beating up pregnant Latvians in undercards in Leeds and stuff. So, um, yeah, so Oviel McKenzie, at 10 days' notice, took a world title fight out in Argentina for the IBF World Cruiserweight title. At 10 days' notice, so he's got to get over to Argentina. And he goes out there, and he gets a draw. Um, which, to be fair, he... He deserved the win out of that. Um, it's against Victor Ramirez, the current IBF um, cruiserweight champion, and he was robbed. Mackenzie was robbed out of that. Now he kind of he ran out of steam a little bit, kind of from rounds maybe eight till kind of ten, but he'd done enough by that point to deserve the win. So um, does he get a rematch? No, I mean it was a voluntary defence by the champion. Mm-hmm. Uh, would he get a rematch? Probably not. If I was that champion, I don't think I'd fancy giving him a proper training. No, camp that's a fair point. It's just that I, I was wondering what he gets out of it. I mean, he gets a draw. He doesn't get the title. No, so. he doesn't get it. He gets nothing out of it. But you know, he he won that fight. I've like, no doubt about it. I'm not saying that from a British bias. He won that fight. Um, but he doesn't get the belt. And uh, yeah, I mean he uh, <laughs> he posted up a picture on Twitter afterwards showing uh, his hands, which were a bit swollen but also his face, and he said, the only thing that hurts about me after that was uh, my hands from hitting him repeatedly and my faith in the IBF. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, you can see he's a bit annoyed about it. He probably won't get another chance because if you gave him a proper training camp of like eight weeks or whatever, he would smash a light I, out of uh, it. The problem I, you find with boxing and it's, with many other sports where it involves judges and stuff is always going to be that. You know, question. Sub- there's subjectiveness about it, of yeah. course there is, there's styles and things like yeah. that. But on the other hand, it was in his hometown of Argentina. So Oh, <clears> don't get me wrong, I'm not questioning for a second. I'm so I'm certainly not saying that the IBF is in any any way a like legit cool good organisation for things like this, but Yeah. Um so- yeah, I, I, it's probably questioned for a good reason, is what I'm kind of getting yeah. at. Yeah, it's, um, I mean, it's a bit like the, the adage about uh, fighting in Germany, and like if you're the away fighter fighting in Germany, you would need a knockout just to get a draw. So, um, 
Yeah, not dissimilar to that. <laughs> Poor old Oville got robbed, essentially. Okay, moving swiftly on to Postal versus Matise. Matisse. Matisse. All right, so uh, Lucas Matisse. Apologies, Drift One's going, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Lucas Matisse. Uh, he's a little bit of a war machine. He's um, getting out of a tear up. And he got stopped by the unbeaten Ukrainian Postal. Uh, this was for the WBC lightweight title. Um, yeah, it's a late stoppage. And Postal, I mean, it was unknown how good he is because it's the first name on his record, uh, first kind of quality fighter that he's beaten. And, I mean, Matisse quit ultimately. Like, he was on a knee and just, nah, he didn't fancy it anymore, uh, which was a shock because Matisse is a hard, hard bloke. So Postal must have something going for him. Um He's working with Freddie Roach now. He's, I think it, it opens up a lot of doors for him at light welterweight um, and possibly higher into the welterweight division, which got a lot of bigger names. But uh, there was talk of Matisse possibly uh, being lined up for Manny Pacquiao. So whether that was kind of taking his eye off of this fight or something, I don't know. I realise this is slightly off on a tangent right now, but what what is what what's Pacquiao doing these days? What do you think his career is going? Um, well, you say it, I mean, I mentioned someone to line up against him, but. Well, they were. <laughs> he came out about his shoulder injury, like after the uh, the, the Mayweather fight, um, and then that magically healed through God and swimming in the sea. So, whatever it was, his torn rotator cuff or something in his shoulder. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Fast forward, mine. God healed it with some yeah, salt God water. Yeah, God healed it with salt water. Textbook, uh, essentially, don't textbook, need, mate. Yeah. Textbook. So, I mean, yeah, of course, it was a legit injury. That's why. Well, that's why every Premier League footballer. Um, will at some point go into their God-blessed seawater yeah. cave thing that's that why every football ground has. If you check around the really rich areas of Manchester, like their Tesco's don't have salt because right. all the footballers buy it up yeah, yeah. in the bath. Makes, yeah, makes so a lot of sense. Pacquiao can do one, frankly. Uh, he'll probably come back next year. They're talking about uh, Matisse. Bob Arum said that last week. But now, realistically, after that, uh, I suppose you'd say Postel, but he's trained by Freddie Roach, so that won't happen. So Khan would probably be the next most obvious option. Hmm. It feels like it's a dead end for him now, in my eyes. I mean, I, I, I you know, with Pacquiao, it's like yeah. he's done it, the, that was almost like the biggest thing he could take a, try and take on was Mayweather, and now he's failed at that, and obviously he had the other failures. It's almost like yeah, he's well, always there as to well. prove. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the only thing you would say is that. With Mayweather gone, he could legitimately claim to try and get the number one pound-for-pound pound fighter in the world title. Um, which, I, I don't know who you'd have to beat to get that. Maybe Amir Khan. Um, and maybe, you know, if he could cement himself as the top of that welterweight division, maybe take out... Yeah, if you could get him in with Kel Brook, not that Eddie Hearn's ever going to pay the money to get Manny Pacquiao over. But, you know, for someone like Kel Brook, what a fantastic fight that would be if he could get in there and take him on. So... That would legitimise yeah. Brooke as a world champion, that he's probably not really got that legitimacy yet. Um, in many fans' eyes, don't get me wrong, I know he is, he's the IBF worldweight title holder. But if he could go in there and beat Manny Pacquiao, or if Manny Pacquiao could beat Kel Brook, you know, that. It's, ab huge. it's about trying to cast aside doubters, isn't it, <laughs> half the time in boxing? Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so moving on to Adrian Broner. Adrian Broner. Um, yeah, the problem. So he. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm going to start this off. I'm going to preempt this by saying I actually really like Adrian Broner. Like he's a, a Malvi. He doesn't try very hard in the ring. Like, but style-wise, he's got a very good style. <laughs> Sounds likable. Yeah, real likable fella, right? But <laughs> a gobby, just not bothered bloke. He's like a fake Mayweather. Let's put it that way. Um, okay. He's Mayweather without all of the hard work, dedication stuff that you hear about Mayweather. He's right. more like hamburgers and hot dogs rather than hard work, dedication. But um, there's something about I uh, still like Adrian Broner so he was fighting Alakadervieva Alakadervieva I don't know you're going to have to struggling with, 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 uh, yeah. yeah so anyway right <laughs> this is a bit of a joke this um, last fight that Broner had was at welterweight against Sean Porter and he lost right, which is fine there's no shame in that Sean Porter's a good little fighter and so his next fight out is in the weight division below at light welterweight for a world title. 
Mm. I just think, how do you go from <laughs> losing from losing a fight that wasn't a world title fight? It wasn't like he lost a belt in the process, but you go from losing a non-title fight to being fighting for a vacant title at the weight below. It kind of it kind of insults that division weight division. Yeah, no, and this was uh, this is a WBA one, right? So go away and have a read of. Uh, I'd written a piece about all the different titles and the WBA are fucking horrific for this kind of stuff. But this was their like legitimate. They've got a interim um, light welterweight title holder. So instead of either promoting him for the vacant title or letting him fight for the vacant title, they put two people that have got no claim to it whatsoever to fight for the vacant title. Broner wins it, right? And fair play, he stopped the bloke in the 12th round. Um, but this to me, I was actually discussing this earlier with uh, with a box on Twitter about how nothing like evidences the fragmented situation around titles and the fact that there are too many titles in all the divisions than the fact that Adrian Broner now, at, I think he's 24 years old, is a four-weight world champion. <laughs> It's like, I like Adrian Broner, but there are many, many great champions of mm. the past that will never have been four weight world champions. And it's not, not good. Right. Oh, Adrian yeah, Broner. they're not as good as Adrian Broner. Well, That's yeah. a fact. So Adrian Broner is now a four weight world champion, which is mental. Um, but he did it, so you know you have to kind of hand it to him for that. But. Uh, yeah, that's insane to me. Right, we're not going to spend any more time on someone who doesn't spend enough time being professional. So, Tommy Longford? Tommy Langford. Oh, um, Langford, is it? <laughs> oh, God, that's the handwriting. That's just, <laughs> that's just totally screwed me. It's made me. Um, Tommy Langford. So, he's an interesting one. He's uh, the WBO Intercontinental Champion. So, don't get me wrong, it's not the most uh, illustrious of belts, but it puts him up the WBO rankings. So the WBO middleweight title is held by Andy Lee. He's fighting Billy Joe Saunders later this year. So Tommy Langford fights out of the Midlands. He's from Devon. Um, we'll, we'll go into him a little bit more in detail later, I suppose, because we actually interviewed him for the website prior to this. But he fought last night up in the Midlands at the Wolverhampton, I think, Civic Hall, I think it's called. Uh, and he defended his WBO Intercontinental title versus Christian Rios, who's an Argentinian who's never been stopped, and Langford didn't stop him either, but he, he dominated him. Um, so yeah, we'll uh, we'll talk about Tommy Langford in a little bit more depth later on. Um, but yeah, he's he's defended his title. Okay, good stuff. Right, so we're going to move on to the website, but just before we do that, I'll give you some idea that. Uh, we're going to be, a bit later on in this podcast, going to be talking about the Fury and Klitschko debacle that was over the last few weeks that we, we weren't here for, unfortunately. Um, and then we'll be previewing things like uh, World War Three coming up and then having a general chit-chat about uh, pay-per-view. So, that's something to look forward to. But for now, we're going to go on to the website and we're going to look at... The, I'm, I'm assuming all of these are interviews you've done, right? Yeah. So we're going to go with, first off, Matt McCarthy. Of right. course, I've read them, <coughs> but as long as there's no follow-up questions or interrogation yeah, yeah, of any no, sort, I mean, I probably, then I, I've read every single word of that. I probably don't need to explain it, because you've read them <laughs> Of course, mate. No, as long as you don't reference anything within that, because I've kind of remembered yeah, it, digested yeah. it. and uh, Yeah, spat it back out. So, um, who's Matt McCarthy? <laughs> <laughs> right, Matt McCarthy, he's a welterweight. He's got a record of 12-1, and one, so he lost one fight last year. Um... He fights under Steve Goodwin, Goodwin Promotions. He's fighting October 17th against an undefeated Irish lad. Um, I actually got the pleasure of spending a bit of time with Terry Coulter, who is um, Matt McCarthy's coach, and Matt McCarthy. And I got to see them work the pads a fair bit. Um, and wow, this lad can hit. like He hits like a horse. Not I've seen a horse with boxing gloves, but there you go. Um, but yeah, like, yeah, live, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've seen a fair few like fights over the last few weeks hitting pads and things with coach, but this bloke could hit. Um, remember, he's only weighing like 147 pounds. Um, he's a switch here as well, so he's happy to work both uh, orthodox and southpaw. And yeah, his good uh, well because in my eyes, that's what I mean. That's what Fury's supposed to be, but I don't think he does it particularly well. I know you disagree with uh, me. Yeah, I disagree. <laughs> but, um, no, he does it well, uh, from what I could see. Now, I'll see firsthand on October 17th, but 
He uh, yeah, he lost last year, and his coach Terry Coulter kind of came on board after that, and he switched promoters and things. Um, and Terry Coulter said losing for him was the best thing that could have happened because it kind of refocused him, etc. So it made him find a, a better team around him. Um, so yeah, he's Terry Coulter's convinced he can go to British title level if not further. Um, and I say having a look at him. He's in fantastic shape, you know. He's uh, he's now two weeks out from the fight, but I saw him three weeks out from the fight, um, and yeah, he he was looking sharp and uh, and good. So yeah, I think there's a bright bright prospect for uh, or bright future for Matt McCarthy. Cool stuff. Okay, uh, George, we're gonna go for George Hennan. This is uh, another interview. Just yeah, another one, uh, another welterweight. Now he's had one professional fight. Uh, he's a very young lad. I think he was twenty one, twenty two, something like that. Um, interesting thing about George is that he comes from a kickboxing background where he was the European junior champion um, and then he went on to become the English senior champion at welterweight and he gave it up because he wanted a career and he said the money wasn't in it in uh, in kickboxing as it is in boxing which is understandable so <coughs> his aspiration was to turn it into a career so I was querying with him stuff about, you know, is it difficult to keep your feet down? Uh, the, the, immediately no. the sort of thing I thought. Then I thought, well, I've never seen anyone in a boxing ring, like, ever. I've never seen anyone like, whoops, I kicked you in the head. So I assume yeah. that you must be able to switch that off. Well, actually, what he was saying was that he never really enjoyed kicking anyway as a kickboxer. <laughs> <laughs> he was never particularly, like, great at it, he said. So, so weird. He got by for most of his kickboxing career just boxing. Um and got as far as he did, so this says something about the lad. So no, it's not a problem for him keeping the uh, the legs down. It's actually quite natural for him. So uh, the other thing about it was like I've done a bit of boxing and a bit of kickboxing. It's very different style wise, and so you would think. And this is a point I made in the interview um, article, which you've read multiple mm-hmm. times. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, mate. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I just I'm getting confused with the other seven articles that I read. <laughs> <laughs> so go ahead. Um, to spoon feed it to me. <laughs> So yeah, I mean, in in kickboxing, in boxing, you can get away with quite a tight stance. So you'd hold your hand up to your cheek, and you would, you know, your right hand if you were orthodox, and you keep your left eye kind of up there, or you drop it a bit, but it's still tight to your body. Now in kickboxing, it's very different. Like you, you open up your stance a little bit, so your hands are out in front of you. Uh, the reason being, you need to block the kicks, no, okay. so you need to block the knees coming up and stuff like that. So he was saying that he's almost had to relearn from scratch um, like a defensive style yeah yeah because presumably if you're going in as a kickboxer you can then be like you c- your guard can be slack presumably because if your arms are down like trying to you know not trying to block kicks because you're not going to get kicked but if you've got it in your head that you're trying to block kicks your your guard can be dropped effectively then presumably yeah a little like they can be further out in front not necessarily dropped oh, as okay, such, but they can right. be further out in front right. so that you're protecting that area in front of you the space in front of you from kicks and but like knees coming in, and so the downside to boxing, if you were if you're doing that in a boxing environment, is if you did that in boxing, like you've then got your hands out in front of you, you leave your chin wide open, right. uh, okay. which is why you know you'll see the fighter with the hand up on the chin, uh, ready to protect around, right, um, and may drop the left. I say if they're an orthodox, or may keep it up there, but uh, it's a completely different style. So it's not as if he's going. Uh, the analogy I made is, uh, he was saying, you know, people would anticipate that going from kickboxing to boxing is a very simple switch. You just don't use your legs. It's not like that at all. So you don't go from like table tennis to tennis and become the best at it because it's got a similar name. No, it's just longer to run. <coughs> That's the only difference. It's the only difference. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Like, exactly. No, uh, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a good comparison. Yeah. <laughs> I, had to, I had to make it sound. A slightly less relevant one I used in there was like, you couldn't anticipate the the English Sabutio champion to go and score a hat trick at Old Trafford if he was given the opportunity. Yeah. Slightly more tedious, <laughs> yeah. but uh, there you go. So, yeah, he um, yeah he's uh, he was a really nice bloke, George. Um, he's working, he's hoping in the next year that he can go full time professional with his aim. Okay, moving swiftly on, um, we've, we're going to go look at Luke Blackledge. Luke Blackledge, yeah, he's the Commonwealth Super Middleweight title holder. So he's got two losses on his record, two draws, 19 wins. Um, he's actually fighting this Saturday on the aforementioned World War Three Frank Warren card. 
Um, he's fighting against Lee Markham. Now, Lee Markham was last seen in the ring, drawing with Frank Buglioni. Frank Buglioni, who went on from that draw to fight for world title last weekend against Fedor Chudinov, uh, where he kind of bravely got beaten up for 12 rounds. So, Luke Blackledge, one of his uh, losses that he's got on his record was against Rocky Fielding, who fights for the British title uh, later this year against Callum Smith. Um, so he's a good, good fighter, Luke Blackledge. He's um, uh, speaking to him on the phone. It would be hard to see a way that Lee Markham's going to beat him, just because you get that vibe off someone on the phone of like confidence. Um, you know, he's buzzing. He's absolutely. It sounds like he's in a really, really good place. So I think he will come through it. Okay, so we've got a couple more interviews to get through. But just before we go into that, let's uh, let's go into what you've been doing this week slash last week slash the last X amount of weeks where you've just been all dragged from <coughs> pillar post all over the place. It sounds like a police interview. Carry basically, on. <laughs> basically uh, watching people have fights. Yeah, <laughs> Mr. Theobald. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, tell us a bit about what you began up to. Um, obviously, right. your first TV appearance. My first TV appearance, I'm now, you know, check out my LinkedIn profile. I'm probably now a TV celebrity if anything yeah i imagine so i, mean, I got you to sell my boobs earlier so. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just it's, it's only a matter of time until like celebrity big brother comes calling so no, I that is true actually yeah because yeah. eventually they'll run out <laughs> i think they already have um <laughs> no i was on uh, british muslim tv this week which um i'll be the first to confess i am not a muslim but uh i was in contact with a guy called daniel raza uh who does a program called Sports Talk on uh, a Saturday morning, 10 o'clock to 11 o'clock. Tune in, it's on Sky. Um, and yeah, no, I was uh, just chatting with Daniel over social media. And um, yeah, he, he asked if we'd go on and do some uh, boxing correspondence. We went on there and spoke about uh, Deontay Wilder, uh, who fought Johapas last week. We spoke about the Matisse Postol fight. Uh, we spoke about Fury Klitschko, a few other little things. Um, but just a shout out to them, really. They've got a really good uh, professional setup up there. Uh, they do it up north, I believe, uh, is their studio. And yeah, so uh, hopefully, you know, if they if they need some more chat about right. general boxing stuff, then uh, hopefully I didn't put them off too much. Well, to clarify, you said, I think their studio's up north somewhere. So people will be thinking, but you was on the TV. So. I was on Skype. Yeah, yeah there we go. You, you may have noticed I was saying a conservatory. <laughs> People will be thinking, "What? The f this doesn't make any sense." Yeah, no, we uh, we did it over Skype. Logistically, it wasn't. It wouldn't tie in. The the the, uh, the, the, bri the private jets will come right, eventually. Yeah, when celebrity big brother comes. Calling. Of course, of course. Uh, yeah, no, we've done that. Um, doing some work with a local uh, gym called Guardians Academy, who are doing a white collar boxing event. So just covering that, really, and going down, they've got a MMA fighter who fights for Bellator in America. Uh, so it's kind of it's one level below the UFC, if you like. Um, yeah, they've got uh, Linton Vassell down there doing the training with them uh, when he can fit it in. But yeah, he'd actually fought uh, a couple of weekends back over in America and then uh, flew back to England and came and did some training there. So... He's been down there. I'm just doing write-ups, really. Uh, I'll be covering their event and looking into what goes into it um, with their kind of head trainers and uh, the actual logistics of planning an event and how you get a ring to an event and stuff like that. So they're two weeks into the training. They get worked incredibly hard. Yeah. Like, having done one of these events myself, like I don't know if their training's harder or what, but it looked flipping Sweating hard. like nuns in cucumber fields. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, just like that. Um, yeah, no wonder the funny one. I say funny because I wasn't doing it. Um, but this little Vassell, right, he gets out a pack of cards, 52 cards. And each um, each of the, what are they called? Uh, like Jokers? Hunts, no, no, clubs, diamonds, hearts. Oh, suits. Suits, that's it, So Each of the suits is an activity. So burpees, sit-ups, press-ups, and running on the spot. You haven't even explained like the rest of this to me, and it already sounds horrible. Yeah, so if you draw, say, sit-ups are hearts, he goes through the entire pack, and like every king, queen, jack is 10, plus 10 is 10, ace is 11. He goes through 52 of them, and you have to do, I say, whatever the attributing activity is to the suit, 
you do it that many times that are on the card. So he goes through the pack and then pulls out the first card that he comes to, which is a heart or whatever. Yeah, he shuffles them up and then turns them over. So it goes three of hearts, that's three sit-ups, right? right. Nine of right, clubs, that's nine burpees. Yeah. Without relenting at all, all the way through 52 cards. It is horrendous. <laughs> there would be a part of me that just went, why bother shuffling them? Just, do just like go, go top to bottom. Come on. <laughs> just, just get it. We're going to go through the whole 52. Let's just do them. Like, <laughs> don't waste time shuffling. Oh, you go and tell him that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we're doing that. Um, down last weekend with uh, Goodwin Promotions. They're revamping the way that um, small hall shows will look. And this is impressive. Like, I'm not going to give too much away because there will be fans that are down on October the 17th that will be the first ones to see what they're putting together. But for those that have been to York Hall before, um, you know, you'll be aware there is a, um, a stage at the back where fighters typically warm up. Um, I was down at Goodwin Promotions. They're filming new entrance video stuff. They've got the green screen out, so they've got the box of, sh uh, of shadow boxing in front of the green screens, which are then overlay videos over the top of. Nassim style. <laughs> 20 minutes yeah 20 minute dance routines um, get down here get down here. so yeah they uh, they're doing a bit of shadow box you know how sky um in the football where the player they walks walk towards up, the camera yeah. so they were doing that oh, right, okay um they were filming them in the gym they got a little gym down at uh, goodwin promotions uh, so they were getting on the pads they were doing some exercises in there they were doing photo shoots so all this stuff will build up these quality little entrance videos which will be used um, up on some big screens. I said, I'm not going to give away too much about it. I'll talk more about it after October the 17th, but I've seen the, the plans that Steve's got for it down at Goodwin Promotions, and it looks very impressive. Like okay. It looks like a TV product, it'd be fair to say. Which well, let's hope it lives up to expectations then, see if yeah. you've made everyone's expectations sky yeah, high. If not, then I'm going to be hiding uh, on the well, 17th. you're on TV so. now, mate, because the bears are blind. So, yeah, we're actually down. There's a press conference for that tomorrow night for the October 17th show, so we'll be down there, um, and we'll talk about that next week, I'm sure. Good stuff. Right, let's move get back into the um, interviews. Hey, what are we talking about? <laughs> Bradley Smith? No, Bradley Smith. <laughs> I just couldn't, couldn't resist. Uh, Bradley Smith. He's a lightweight. Uh, he's had one professional fight. He won it. Um, by his own admission, he was saying he wasn't happy with the performance particularly. Um, he said he's far more of a slick boxer than what he showed on his debut, uh, where he said, you know, it kind of got the better of him. He went out and just had a tear up, had a little war. Uh, one, it you know, convincing me on points, but not in a style or a manner that he said is is his usual. Lend some gravity to the I didn't perform well uh, sort of argument if you've already won as well. Because when you lose and you go, <laughs> oh, I didn't perform my best, you're like, yeah, we kind of got that much, but yeah, no, he uh, he was saying you know it wasn't his, it wasn't how he perceived himself to be a fighter. But I was chatting kind of. Um, just casually it wasn't an interview or anything but with Steve Goodwin who promotes him and Steve was saying this guy is a TV fighter like he's he's still only young um, he's got a very very good amateur pedigree about him and yes yeah, Steve is convinced that this guy will eventually move if not move on when I say move on that sounds disparaging to the kind of small hall ones but he's saying he's got a style that's suited for TV uh, and thinks that he can go really far so good stuff Okay, right. Uh, let's move then forward onto someone we've already come to, which is Tommy Langford. Yeah, Tommy Langford was the last one that, uh, that we'd interviewed and done a piece with. Now, as I say, Tommy won on Saturday night. I spoke with him prior to that. This is a man who, I say, a, a middleweight, he's got his eye on the winner of uh, Billy Joe Saunders, Andy Lee. He's ranked number seven, or he was prior to last night. He's ranked number seven by the WBO which is where uh, Andy Lee holds the middleweight title. He's never lost a round in his professional boxing career, which is a pretty Jeez. impressive stat. He's, he's had 14 fights, um, not lost one single round. Jesus. Um, so, yeah, he's, he's, got a good, he's got a good style about him. Um, he's from Devon, but he's moved up to the Midlands, so he's... He's actually a massive West Brom supporter. And if you follow Tommy Langford on uh, Twitter, you'll see pretty much every home game when he's got a fight coming up, he's down there at the Hawthorns. Um, 
selling tickets for it. So he says, you know, you'll find me in like block whatever. Come find me at half time. I've got tickets on me. So if you're feeling brave and you want to try and rob a boxer, <laughs> a few hundred quid. Not if you want to buy tickets. <laughs> if you want to rob one. Take a concrete slam with you. <laughs> <laughs> no, so uh, he was a really, really nice bloke, Tommy Langford. And yeah, he's he's kind of tapping in, similar to how you see um, Josh Warrington up in Leeds get the football fans behind him. He's kind of taking that route and, and bringing in a lot of the kind of, he's got the crossover appeal between football to boxing. I said West Brom are kind of getting behind him as well. Um, he did laugh about the fact that he's hoping he can get a free season ticket out of this. Um, but yeah, there's there's bright things ahead for Tommy Langford. I said the fact that he hasn't lost a um, a round professionally is a, a pretty impressive. Statistic. That's bloody impressive. I mean, Klitschko's lost ra- lost rounds in fights. Yeah. Uh, in well, yeah, I, but I mean, he's lost rounds in fights that he's dominated. Yeah, yeah. and uh, and even one of the best boxers in the world. Yeah, he's also had about seventy fights. I I appreciate that, but it's not like he's like had a long stint of. Unlike, you know, I mean, like flawless fights. I mean, that's a pretty impressive stat, even for someone like, uh, yeah, it's just not repeated generally. Yeah, um, his his, uh, level of opposition has stepped up fairly considerably as well uh, over the last year. He's hoping to get another one in before the end of this year uh, and look to cement his place. He's got options, he can move down the kind of British title level, um, with the British title being held by Nick Blackwell at present. Uh, It's Nick, someone that we spoke to a while back. He's got the WBO route, and he was saying the if you provide and he picked up the win, which he did on Saturday night, then that opens up some of the other governing body routes for him as well. So he's a young man, he's undefeated, he's got lots and lots of options, and yeah, he's one to keep an eye on. Cool, right. That completes our roundup of this weekend and the website. So we're going to move on to stuff we're looking at for next weekend and then general, general chit-chat. What do you, I mean... What do you want to talk about first? Do you have a? I mean, we have got. We have got. Let's break up. Let's have a little bit of chit chat, right? Okay. Where are we going? Let's well, go. Well, Fury Klitschko. I'd quite quite like to talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Batman yeah. versus Klitschko. <laughs> uh, right. Uh, before we even get into this, someone get this out to Eventim, right? Because Eventim are just an awful company. <laughs> Eventim are the ones that sold the tickets for the fight. Right. Right. Yeah. So we've got a German him. company. They are a German company, I think. Um, But they've got a UK base. We know how dodgy German companies are. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, these are mission factors on their tickets. (laughs) All over the place, right? Um, So, yeah, someone get in contact with Eventim, because I've got in contact with them about our tickets for the fight that was cancelled, and they don't get in contact with you at all. They've got nothing on their website about it. They're an absolute joke of a company. So, anyway, get off my chest. (laughs) That's a fair point, mate. (laughs) I, mean, I know I'm not the only one. Like you look on Twitter and things, and there are lots of people. So what they've done is they've sold tickets for a fight that isn't happening, and then just gone. Oh well. Yeah, well they've kind of said, look, your tickets are transferable to the new date in November. They haven't said you can get your money back on the ones that right. were sold if you can't make it out in November. But I'm getting married on that day. Well, your flight's going to be in- inconvenient, isn't it, <laughs> to enter the airport? Yeah. So anyway, yeah, <laughs> let's get over the event in rant. Um, yeah, so it was... What did you think to that? See, I, I thought, when I first heard the news that Klitschko had pulled out for injury, I thought, cynically perhaps, well, it was cynical, I just thought, he's gone, because Fury turned up in a Batman suit, I thought maybe he's gone, this disrespectful knobhead has turned up like this. <laughs> and you know what? I'm fucking injured. <laughs> I know he's, he's got to fight him, hasn't he? But still, I feel like it was like um almost like a... A power struggle of some sort, you know, like a display of power for him. I'm injured. Don't be a dick. Or even if it's not that, it's almost as if, and we all know Klitschko's a very serious person. He's a yeah. doctor, for instance. Like right. That says a lot about him. There is possibly an element of him that thinks, I don't need this at my age. I don't need to be attending press conferences where someone fights with Robin whilst my belts are splayed mm. all over the floor. I didn't see that because he, he had a fight with the Joker as well, didn't he? Oh, sorry, not Robin, the Joker. Oh, the Joker sorry, my, my Batman semantics are off. But, um. <laughs> but he said, oh, God, I didn't see that bit. But someone invaded the press conference dressed as the Joker. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then they had a fight on the floor and like they knocked into the table where all the belts were displayed. So these belts are then on top of like two grown men <laughs> having a muck about fight. So, yeah, I wouldn't entirely disagree with you. My take on it is that... Um, I'm not going to say he's bottled it at all, because that's 
clearly not going to be the case. Like, it's a man who fights everyone that he's mandated to fight. And he will fight Fury, I'm sure of it. But, I mean, there was an interesting part of the conference, right? If you go back and watch it, where uh, Fury gets up, and I can't remember the exact term, but I think Klitschko had called him like a pussy or something. <laughs> like, he just, I think, had enough. And, like, mm. He called him something like a pussy. And Fury gets up, at this point, he's no longer dressed as Batman. He's uh, oh, he's really? gone away. Um, and he gets up and he leans like over. Again. <laughs> he leans over and he's pointing at him and he says, "You call me that again. You call me that again." And like proper shouting at him. And Klitschko sits there in silence. And like I'm not saying that he's bottled it because maybe he's just keeping a dignified silence because there wasn't much of it in that press conference. But there's also an element of it that like you think if. You're the champion, right? Don't take shit off of somebody who's just mouthing off. Who's effectively just an upstart. I mean, an up, a I, younger. I, I realise that he's got some pedigree to him, but still. Yeah. So there's an element of it to me that says perhaps Klitschko wanted a little bit more time to train. And my my personal view of it is that it's him disrupting Fury hmm. purely. That Peter Fury, his uncle and trainer is a very, very good coach and very, very meticulous in his preparation. And so if he can put the fight off, which has now been announced that it's November the 28th. So a month. A month. So Peter Fury would have been bringing uh, Klitschko on for the 24th to peak at that period. Uh, and so... Peter, if, Peter Fury would have been bringing... You mean Fury. Yeah, uh, bringing Tyson, Tyson right, on yeah. to peak for the 24th. Yeah. So actually, if you can disrupt that and put it back a month, you have to change those entire plans by four weeks. So that's a really odd one because he would have been, you know, absolutely upping the sparring, the training, etc., etc., with maybe a week to go, really ramping that up. And then for the last week, maybe, you know, like offing it a little bit. Mm. Conserving energy and getting ready. Yeah, avoid injury. So taking some of that away. So actually, he'd have been upping those levels all the way through he would have gradually built them up and now he's got to stop that trajectory to build up to a different date so actually that's a real uh, difficulty and if so you were being hyper cynical you could also say that it's just planned all along you could and so Klitschko's like regime was set to I mean admittedly they're not going to know exactly when they could have because didn't they have to go he's got a Klitschko's got a contract with RTL in Germany, yeah. HBO in America or something. Is it HBO? Yeah. He's got like... and So all of those dates had to comply with each other. And The interesting one contract. is that Sky may not be showing it um, now. All right, okay. There's a possibility... We'll come on to it later, I suppose, but when we talk about the pay-per-view stuff, but there's a possibility they may not be showing it. ITV might have got the rights to it. God! But yeah, you're right. It's... Um, Plus, it's at a football stadium in Dusseldorf in the middle of the football season. So you also have to build that factor in, that it has to be a weekend where they're not playing at home. Whoever I suppose it is cynical to suggest that it's all been... Uh, I hope to keep using that word, but like to, 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 to suggest that this has been planned all along. Because it would... And it would also... I can also understand if people were sort of like, nah, no way. It's too, it's, you know, it'd be Turn too, it on its too head. perfect. Vladimir Klitschko trains three, four times a day heavily. He's a 40-odd-year-old man. He is going to have knocks, bruises, yeah. bumps, etc. Well, what's odd about it is the timing and when it happened like the day after the press conference. So that's probably... That may just be unfortunate. Um, but that's when he picked up the injury. But, um, yeah. Also, when you look at Vitali's uh, career, kind of he fizzled out in the end. And he went under very similar circumstances that he was getting older and his injuries were picking up and he couldn't fulfill the obligations to fight that he had and he ended up kind of retiring and giving the belt up hence why he's the champion emeritus of the WBC he's like so five years older than Vladimir yeah something like that, Sorry, something like that. Um, so yeah it does kind of ring a little bit it's not the first time it's happened for Vladimir either he's had a couple of other ones where he's had to put them off but he always goes through and fulfills the obligations to fight if this doesn't come off he has to dump those belts essentially and he ain't going to do that right he will keep those belts. Well, he will fight for those belts. He won't just drop them. Right, yeah, sure, yeah. Unless he retires. Right. So, what was your thinking before this? I mean, I appreciate we'll talk about this closer to time, but we didn't talk about it all that time before the fight just because we didn't have the time. But we've been away and, and uh, 
because it was so far away at that point. Good job we didn't. But yeah. yeah. Now, potentially that's going to change things. Uh, do you think it's going to change? Would it change your prediction? Um, what, yeah, what is your prediction? And would that would the disruption in the whole thing have changed it? It's a good question. I don't know. Um, my prediction... My <laughs> my heart says Fury, late knockout. My head says Klitschko points. So, on that basis, I'm going to go Fury. Fury, knockout. <laughs> All right. Following um, your heart. Yeah, I love Tyson Fury. So, anyway, yeah, like Tyson Fury, one of the things that's endeared him to me with all this disruption, I don't know if you've seen about it or not, uh, we haven't had a chance to catch up about it, but in the meantime, he's been back in Morecambe, where he's kind of got his training camp to where he's from. He goes out running every single morning, Monday to Friday, and he tweets out where they're going to meet and at what time. And he invites the public to come along and run with him. Um, and so yeah. he posts these photos, like you see these pictures getting posted then of these people going out running with the potential future world heavyweight champion. He's also said he wants to run for MP of Morecambe in five oh, years' time when the thing. elections are up. Um, basically, like he's, I haven't looked into too much of his manifesto because I don't think there is one. Uh, <laughs> but what he's kind of basing his uh, point on is that, look, you know, it's all well and good looking after people from abroad, but let's look after people at home first. He's saying, you know, you walk up. My nan's from Morecambe, so I know what Morecambe's like. Then you walk up and down Morecambe High Street. And he said it's full of people with like no hope, no jobs, no anything like that. Um, and so he said, what he'll do is he'll use his own money to buy up a load of the old discarded warehouses or houses that are no longer used for things. He'll buy them himself, and then he'll let people live in them. It's like you can't argue with that, can you? That's, Unless uh, it's a warehouse that he's literally just bought a derelict yeah, warehouse. Yeah, bring a <laughs> <bag>. <laughs> there if you uh, want. Maybe it wasn't warehouse. Maybe it was just the houses that aren't used or whatever. So he said, you know, he'll do that to sort of help boost people around the area and help to bring it up to speed a little bit. So he's a people's man and a philanthropist. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's really difficult. There's a there's the darker side to Fury where he goes a bit mad and like has a go at people. It, Ultimately, he's, 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 he's a also a, like a massive. Yeah, well, yeah. He's a salesman. He's there to sell a fight. You it's, don't. You don't need to sell. Um, you don't need to sell a Klitschko Fury fight by dressing up as Batman. That's what fucking frustrates me about. No, him. you. No, right. Okay, I agree with you. But if you check Facebook or Twitter that day, like <laughs> Batman was trending on Twitter. Now, if I looked onto my Facebook, there were fifteen, twenty people that never ever shown interest in boxing that were posting videos of this fucking six foot ten mancunian rolling about on the floor dressed as batman so if 10 of those people when what the hell is this about like i'm gonna order that pay-per-view because this guy's mental how many more pay-per-view sales does that generate overall around the world if that's just like 10 of my mates on facebook well yeah then you start to see it makes me hope that itv are gonna get it yeah absolutely (laughs) again we'll come on to paper um yeah i i understand that but then but then it's it's that it's it's the sort of constant um it's the constant perhaps tug of war between um that side of things of any sport um, getting people to watch it for almost like that, like the gory fascination of something and the actual fascination of the sport. Now, quite frankly, if you're going to watch, if you're going to watch the fight because you're a serious boxing fan, I don't really see how it makes much difference. That there's going to be a lot of people watching it because it was Batman. Or, or, yeah. yeah well, um, but I don't know. I could see, I could see some people being just like, like feeling that that was like disrespectful of the sport that they love or the, you know. You know? Yeah, I agree. But those people that are in love with the sport are not going to not watch it because of that. Yeah, there may be people that aren't in love with the sport that will watch it because yeah. of that. It works that way. I don't think it works the other way. Okay, that's a fair point. Um, right, let's. Well, it seems we've been speaking about it. It seems like a, a pretty good segue to move into the uh, pay per view. Unless you want to go on to the Frank Warren and World War Three stuff. Ah, let's hit pay per view now, right? Because okay. I want to have a rant about this. Um, <laughs> right, zone out now, people. <laughs> 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 okay, so we don't know for certain whether or not the November 28th um, Fury-Klitschko fight is on pay-per-view. And they haven't confirmed yet the December card that is headlined by a British title fight. I'm not going to mention the participants, but the British title fight, but that's meant to be pay-per-view. The British title fight with an undercard. And then you've got Brooke Chavez coming up in October. Um, 
which is a pay-per-view. Now, that's the one that was tied in with Fury Klitschko to be the kind of segued into that fight in the evening. Now that's been dropped from the October date and it's been moved to November. They're still keeping Kell Brook, Diego Chavez as a pay-per-view. Now, that in itself is not a terrible fight, but it's not a great fight. It's no Keith Thurman. It's not even a Sean Porter who won the belt off that they showed on Standard Sky. Right, so they're putting that on pay per view, and you know that Eddie Hearn will put on his stacked undercard. So he will, he's already announced there's going to be, I mm. can't even remember the names, but I assume it's the normal ones. Plus, Chris Eubank Jr. is going to be on it, who's recently signed with Matchroom. Yeah, I saw that news. Um, but there's no big fight. The biggest fight underneath it is Gavin McDonald is fighting for a European uh, title. So it's not big by any means. So it's a pretty, if you look through with what, two weeks left until the fight. Yeah, two weeks. Um, half of the card is like so-and-so versus to be announced. So-and-so versus to be announced. Mm. Headlined by Kelbrook versus Diego Chavez. Where Brook's going to dick him. Um, he might go a few rounds, but Brook will beat him up. So what's your so, main crux, of, crux so, of your argument? Okay, right, okay. Let's, let's move on. So you've then got Fury Klitschko, which assume that's going to end up on Sky, assume that's going to end up on pay-per-view. I don't have such an issue with that being pay-per-view, apart from... <laughs> right. Make no mistake about it. The reason for pay-per-view, Eddie Hearn has always said this, the reason for pay-per-view is so that you can pay the big names to come over and they can't pay the big names to come over without it, right? Right. That Fury-Klitschko fight has nothing to do with Eddie Hearn whatsoever. It's all organised by K1 Promotions. Tyson Fury is with Mick Hennessy. And so it has nothing to do with Eddie Hearn, aside from the fact that Eddie Hearn dictates to Sky... Well, Sky dictate um, you allowed a certain number of events, and then Eddie Hearn is charged with organising those events or getting those events to the TV channel. Right. That's how it works. So, there is no money being paid out by Sky apart from the broadcasting rights. So, there's no money being paid to either fighter from Sky. So, he doesn't need to be paying big names to come. He's not fucking paying... Klitschko to fight Fury. He's paying for the broadcast rights to it. So what you're, what you're saying is, if they make it pay per view, it's it's a shameless like uh, exploitation. Yeah. yeah, like when they tied it to the Brooke Chavez one, you can kind of understand that to an extent. Right, then you move on to December. You've got AJ, Andy Joshua versus Dillian White. It's a British title fight. Now there's going to be Kevin Mitchell. There's going to be Luke Campbell. I think Ricky Burns on the undercard. Yeah. Again, they haven't announced any opponents yet. But that's probably going to be a pay-per-view fight. For the British title, Like that's a joke. It's happened before. It happened with, I think it was uh, Bo Cleverly and possibly um, the Gale, uh, George Gross. So what they'll do is they'll stack the undercard, again, with loads and loads of matchroom fighters and possibly, possibly one or two okay to good fights. But here's the crux of it, after all that ranting. Anyone that buys these should be put down <laughs> frankly like anybody that hands over their money should be put down put to sleep euthanasia whatever you want to call it because if you accept that you have to pay another 15 to 20 pound for this shite then what are you accepting should be on your standard sky on a Saturday night like because these are standard sky level cards of maybe two years ago a year ago so if you're accepting that you need to pay an extra £20 to watch these, you're giving Sky, you're giving Eddie Hearn a free pass to then really lower the standard yeah, I... of the standard Sky card. So you look yeah, at the Liverpool okay. fight the other week where Adelian Smith uh, fighting a, an eliminator and Bradley Saunders got beaten by Reynold Garrido where he cheated his way out of it. Um that card was awful, like really, really awful. So that is what you can start to. If you basically right, if you pay for this pay per view, you have no uh, reason or right to complain in the future when standard Sky cards right, okay. piss poor. So do you, my first question is: Do you think there's enough boxing on Sky? Yeah, I'm uh, excluding pay per view. Yeah, there are enough dates. I think Kern has eleven or twelve dates a year, which, given you get August off it gives you the right to about once a month, if not slightly more. Okay, and um, and that's non-pay-per-view. That's just you like... You can add pay-per-view on top of that, yeah. Right. So the, what, what I would say is that there's perhaps people that enjoy watching boxing, 
but it's when it comes to pay-per-view that's the one that gets forced down your throat on the, the there's lots of on the adverts yeah, yeah like yeah. there's a big event coming up and you've yeah. got all these fights coming up and it's very possible that people that don't watch Sky all the time or don't I mean don't get me wrong if you want to watch boxing you can find boxing as you've just sort of said but certainly there's been periods of time where I'm only aware of the fights that are pay-per-view so there could be people that buy it just because they want to see a night of boxing they see They've it undersold the other stuff. <laughs> they, 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 they're not really aware of, oh, but yeah, but I don't know who's fighting on that day for free. But this day, they're advertising it two months in advance. I can say to my missus, right, that night I'm going to have some lads around. I'm going to watch some boxing. There's not necessarily a problem. I, I'm not adverse to pay-per-view. Like, no, I, I have paid pay-per-view money before. But I understand what you're saying. It's like paying for an inferior product and then expecting a better product in the future. If someone can sell you old rope but then they will do it <laughs> yeah and eddie hearn is a fantastic salesman i have no issue with eddie hearn per se i have an issue with the fact that he will rinse the pennies out of boxing fans and that's the people that will go down the pub on a saturday night after watching the football in the afternoon and then will come back having been down the pub or whatever and will order it because it's kel brook yeah they want to know nothing else about it other than that they've seen the adverts or whatever so they'll they'll turn up and that's the problem, is that it's those people that are getting fucking ripped off, frankly. Like, and I say, that will then fund, and I, Sky never published their pay-per-view numbers, so you never get to know how many people. But, for instance, the Bell You Cleverly one this year was one of the worst. <laughs> I'm so glad I streamed that event. Like, I, I never debated paying for it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, fucking sue me. Right? Evil. Uh, arrest me, whatever. But... That was one of the worst cards. Like, that was a bad mm. standard Sky card. But every person that bought that needs to go and hang their head in shame because <laughs> th they just funded the future <laughs> option. I know think you're passionate enough about this. Um, and, and, <laughs> uh, the, what I would say is, right, so but just to sort of like uh, reiterate what you're saying in a, in a less sort of like... Uh, evil way <laughs> is that people what you're saying is people who buy this are effectively telling Eddie Hearn to give them shitter boxing until they won't like the it's demand and demand and supply right Absolutely. so if I, if, if 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 I keep giving you crap and you keep buying it then I'm going to just try and get away with more and more yeah, crap yeah and I will lower that standard until the only thing that's not on pay-per-view is a CCTV camera from Weatherspoons <laughs> like, that's what you're looking at in 5 years time on Skype so this is a problem with having it monopolized by Eddie Hearn. It's a shambles. Yeah, well, that, that is definitely that is definitely a, a, a problem. But I think in the end of the problem would be the education of the viewers, uh, if you like. But as I say, Kelbrook is a name that kind of is starting to uh, resonate more with not even boxer fans, sports fans, right? So you'll start to see him on the back page of papers. You'll they'll push him more. And so that is with the aim of him being a pay-per-view star, right? The right. same as Anthony Joshua. I suspect the, the December card with... Um, that is pretty Dillian good, White. though, to be fair, isn't it? What? The Anthony Joshua, Dillian White f night. Of no, it doesn't. You don't think no, it does? No, fuck you, right? <laughs> you can go and hang your head in shame as well, you prick. <laughs> well, there you go. Right. It's a perfect example. That's, is that going to be pay-per-view? Probably. More than like 80%. Right. All right, and all I've heard is good things about it. Go on, tell me, tell me what you've heard good things about. <laughs> okay, right. Okay, in my defence, what I would say to you is straight away, is that uh, there's four fighters and they're all fighting the same guy. <laughs> <laughs> TBA. TBA is going to be very busy then. Right. right okay. I just heard so, a lot of people, but basically, I lot of heard, I heard a lot of noise about it was like Chris Chris Eubank Jr. on the bill, uh, Chris Eubank Jr. on the bill, blah, 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 and then it was Kevin Mitchell's on the bill, and so. I appreciate that if these people end up fighting absolute bumholes and go and they knock them out in the first round, it's not really much of a spectacle. Right, so what have we got? We're now on the 4th of October. It's the 12th of December is that card. So, for instance, Chris Eubank Jr. is fighting in two weeks' time on the Kell Brook card. So that's going to be an awful opponent because they're also announcing him already for the 12th of December. So... The one that may be a saving grace, if I'm going to be fair about it. They've talked about getting Spike O'Sullivan over for that fight. Um, and Spike O'Sullivan said, I want to fight him. So if they can do that and roll that out, then that's still that's a good fight. Doesn't make it a pay per view card at all. So you've then got Kevin Mitchell versus TBA, Tony Bellew versus TBA. Now, don't be surprised at all if, if they manage TBA loses because he'll be knackered. 
<laughs> if they managed to get Ramirez over, the guy that Oval McKenzie fought at the weekend, because mm. he's a pretty poor cruiserweight uh, world title holder, so they could say, we've got a world title fight on the undercard. Classic. Which would then be a fucking shambles, because you've got a British <laughs> title fight over the top of it as the headline. Whatever. And then you've got Luke Campbell, and they're so careful with Luke Campbell at the moment that like, he's not going to fight anyone good. So, yes, you've got four recognisable names on it. Don't expect them to fight anyone good because they just they don't have to, do they? Because people will buy it anyway. They'll buy it for the AJ versus yeah. White fight. So, okay. Why so spend your money bringing over decent opponents? Let's assume that we have Law Fantasy's pod- podcast who've been deeply disappointed by our absence, and they're all thinking. Well, I think that, Shucks, that Martin's a dick. Shucks Martin, <laughs> you are a penis. However, <laughs> no, maybe they're thinking to themselves, all right, give me some sort of idea as to what I should, like, give me some sort of gauge as to what I should use in order to validate whether I should buy me. pay-per-view. Me. What, if you're Between on Between me, right? <laughs> and I'll tell you whether you should be paying yeah. for it, right? So there's, there's enough streams out there in the world, right, where you can watch this stuff. So I have no issue with pay-per-view. I will pay pay-per-view money for under what circumstances? Under the circumstances, they don't try out shit. So me. is AJ Dillian White? That would be a tick for a, for a pay-per-view. No, no, no that, I'm not paying money to watch those two fights. No, no. I'm, what I mean is, like, you could put so, that on a pay-per-view so card. If there was five fights of that caliber, then yeah. that would be pay-per-view. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm right. having that. So that's, that's fine. The, that's the first. Four. Tick. No. <laughs> <laughs> right. So that's what I'm trying to get at. Would you? How how many fights would it take of quality for you no, to go? No, it's completely okay. different because, for instance, uh, Mayweather Pacquiao had a fucking awful undercard, but no one's going to complain about that because you're paying so much money at the top level. Right. For something that's been so anticipated, that's so, so anticipated long. that you don't care what the undercard of that is. So that's fine. But Sky don't do that. Sky don't get that. Right. For instance, here's the answer. All right. Let's put it back to Sky Fighters. If you get Manny Pacquiao over to fight Kell Brook, then you can put whatever you want on that undercard because that is pay per view worthy. Getting Manny Pacquiao over. You mean a world class pedigree boxer? Yeah. To fight Kell Brook is pay per view worthy. So undoubtedly. That, so then, no amount of like, uh, like let's say AJ versus Dillian White is a lesser. I don't know what you'd call those two boxers, but there are there are a few the divisions. second tier. Okay, so let's, uh, that's a good. That's and a good it's not that's not an insult to him because they will be first tier at some yeah. point. One at the moment, the second. So how many second tier fights without a first tier fight involved could you could, would you pay for? Three None? million. You, you need, need three million of them on <laughs> one night to make it worthwhile. So, because you're not paying those people big money. This is a justification. Oh, right. So it's just literally that, why, where the money's going. Yeah, that... the justification is that to have big names on big cards, you need pay-per-view. You are not paying Anthony Joshua and Dillian White millions of pounds to fight each other. You're not paying that. Right? You're not paying fucking Diego Chavez millions of pounds to come over and fight Kell Brook. I'll tell you how you know that, because in America, they post how much their fighters get paid per fight. Last fight for Diego Chavez, he got paid $90,000, which is a, what, 50, 50 60 grand? Quid. Yeah, 50, 50 quid, 50, 60 grand. Yeah. That is not big money to be paying. And here's the other fucking laughable thing about this, and we'll go off this in a minute, but I'm getting on a, I've got my momentum. Eddie Hearn came out and said that once the Fury-Klitschko fight was off, they had to keep it as pay-per-view because, dot, 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 (laughs) the contracts had already been signed to give Chavez the uh, pay-per-view money, whatever, out of it. He's got to put food on the table, right? Absolute bellend. Like Roy Keane when he was trying to break the wage... (laughs) <laughs> I've got a future to think about. Yeah. Fifty-two grand a week is enough to grow. Over. They they had signed off that Brooke Chavez fight before right. Fury Klitschko was added to the card. So at that point, it got made pay per view when Fury Klitschko was added to the card. It wasn't pay per view when it was Brooke Chavez, and so that's absolute trotting out the biggest load of bollocks, frankly. So it it does my nut because I am a paying Sky subscriber. And I pay them an extortionate amount per month for my Sky Sports, and yet I'm expected, if I want to watch their best fighters, to pay an extra 20 quid per month so, into that. So it'd be like, in football terms, it'd be like having to pay extra for an Ipswich versus 
Coventry game. Yeah, well, they tried it with football, didn't they? A few years back, they started putting the like Man United Arsenal games yeah. on pay per view, and no one fucking paid it, right? And so they turned it back. So please don't buy it, and then they won't keep doing it. So they actually stopped the pay per view market. I think it was after the Hey Klitschko one, but it's such a fast that it was either Hey Klitschko or Hey House. I can't remember which. That they stopped it for a period of time. And it's only recently come back in. So. Just, you know, the only way to stop it from happening is to vote without your wallet, ultimately. Mm. Um, yeah. So, I've probably said enough about it. You probably get yep. the gist of what I'm saying. Okay, right. If you listen to this in pairs, shake each other awake now, and <laughs> we'll get on to <laughs> <laughs> sharing the headphones. Um, hello, wake up, come on. Uh, let's go for, uh, well, let's briefly, because we, 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 <laughs> we get into an hour now. Let's get, we've got always through Frank Warren and World War Three. All right, so the first thing I want to touch on with this, right, I, I've been noticing some odd stats on uh, the website about which pages get hit more than others, uh, which I keep an eye on every now and then. And uh, <laughs> my Frank Warren World War Three one is getting loads and loads of hits. I don't know why, so I typed it into uh, Google, Frank Warren World War Three, and uh, my website is the first one that comes up on Google above the Frank Warren page. So, Frank, if you want some uh, search engine optimization tips and techniques, don't go me. to me because it's just complete luck. <laughs> come hit me, bro. I'm above you on the Google rankings, all right? Come at me. Mm, that's mad, isn't it? Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And that's I'm coming selling, up. baby. Who, uh, what have we got to look forward we to? Got? This that? was the one that the rescheduled Andy Lee, Billy Joe Saunders fight was meant to be on, but it's been rescheduled again. So, uh, it was called World War Three because you had three world title fights on it. You can't really call it World War Two because that's kind of happened. Um, so they have. And there's a few connotations it. around it. There are, there are <laughs> a few negatives. Um, so right, top of the bill, Nat. You have got um, Terry Flanagan versus Magdaleno for the WBO lightweight title. First defense for Flanagan since he won it uh, earlier in the year, where he was in the fight where the guy dislocated his shoulder when he threw the punch in like the second round and. Um, so he won it in like unsatisfactory circumstances for himself. Uh, so this gives him a chance to solidify it. He should do Magdaleno's all right, but I think Flanagan's probably got enough for him. Um, then you've got Liam Smith versus John Thompson for the WBO light middleweight top. So Liam Smith is one of the Smith brothers, uh, where you've got Stephen, Callum, Paul, and Liam. Paul Smith has fought for three world titles. Now. Oh, this is the one we touched upon last time. That yeah. The first so, time that four brothers would have. Yeah. Right. Um, so, Paul, I say three world titles. fought for two. He fought Abraham twice and fought Andre Ward. But I don't think there was actually a world title on the line for that because it was a catch weight and fucking Smith was never going to win it anyway. So, it's irrelevant. Um, yeah. So, Liam Smith versus John Thompson. John Thompson um, isn't really that decorated as a fighter, so this is the best opportunity I think Liam Smith's ever going to get uh, for a world title. It was a title that was dropped by Demetrius Andrade, um, who has kind of said that he wants the winner of it, so that would be you know an interesting one to get on. Um, and there's Luke Blackledge versus Lee Markham, the other kind of uh, standout fight, the Commonwealth middleweight title, Luke Blackledge, who we spoke about earlier. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a good fight. I want to think, personally, I would guess that Luke Blackledge is going to come through. Be my view. So, it's not World War Three anymore, it's World War Two. It's World War Two. So, two world title fights, Commonwealth title fight, and a pretty stacked undercard. They have to pay for it, apart from the Box Nation fee that you pay for every month. And you get loads of other stuff on that Box Nation fee. So I don't know what you're talking about, paying for fights. You don't even have a passion for that, mate. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. That. Um... Right, so I guess that's come to the end of what we've all had to talk about this weekend. Uh, so we're an hour and three minutes into it. Yeah, so you're probably bored of hearing about my ranting. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, you could always talk about other things. I'll just go off on one next week. Let's just pick a topic and uh, your yeah. beard. My <laughs> beard. <laughs> yeah. Sweet as it is. Works well on audio, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the audience can look now. If you just get uh, go up to some sort of Brillo pad and rub it gently, that's uh, that'll give you some sort of scratch and feel or whatever. Right, that's it. We've gone on too long. Uh, that's okay. The sign. Well, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Uh, I'm rambling. So, look. Uh, once again, I hope you enjoyed this uh, this podcast. We're, uh, we'll keep trying to get it as regular as possible. Obviously, we both enjoy really doing it, and uh, so we're just going to keep keep plugging away. But obviously, certain commitments come into 
into our lives and we can't crack on with it as we as frequently as we'd like to. However, we you know we, we try because we know all of you fans are desperate to listen yeah, to. I us. know your Monday mornings are ruined if we're not there. So. <laughs> yeah, okay. Come grab us on Twitter at New Age Boxing UK. Uh, at New Age Boxing Podcast. Um, so, yeah. Well, I guess it's uh, goodbye from me then. And goodbye from me. And if you're going to World War Two, make sure you take a smoke detector. I'm